Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning. Uh, you're on Dirt Radio 3CR 855 AM and today you're joined by Elise Cunningham. I'm the Collective Coordinator um, of Sustainable Cities at Friends of the Earth Melbourne. I just want to start by acknowledging that we're joining you today on the lands of the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung peoples of the Eastern Kulin Nations. Uh, sovereignty has never been ceded and I pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging and to any... Uh, First Nations peoples in our community who are listening in today. Uh, this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. And I just also want to acknowledge that the the struggle for Palestinian liberation is joined with the struggle for First Nations sovereignty, land back, self-determination, stopping deaths in custody and all fights against colonial oppression. And I just want to also give a quick congratulations to SOPEC for their incredible rally uh, to protect sacred Gunditjmara Sea Country this past weekend out in Warrnambool. And if you're on Instagram, um, go and check it out, see the amazing photos and footage from the weekend. It looked like a really incredible time. Uh, for today's episode, I'm going to be joined by the wonderful Chloe Aldenhoven, who is one of the campaign's coordinators who oversees and supports a lot of the campaign work done at Friends of the Earth Melbourne. Um... She's a long-time faux person and one of the campaigners who won Victoria's historic ban on fracking, working with regional communities in Western Victoria, and is also just one of the most strategic minds that I've ever met and a very passionate and staunch activist. And today we'll be talking with Chloe about a project that she's been coordinating alongside some awesome volunteers, uh, the People's Inquiry into the Impacts of the COVID-19 Pandemic. Chloe, how are you today? Sorry, can you just repeat that because I didn't turn your mic on, so. <laughs> I'm good, and it's really good to speak to you this morning, Elise. Oh, good. I'm glad you're good. Um, why don't we start off by giving the listeners a bit of a background into the hearings. What are they and where did the idea come from? Sure. So the People's Inquiry into the Impacts of the COVID-19 Pandemic is what we think is a really much-needed opportunity for the community to express their experiences of the pandemic to come together and talk about how they experienced that very uh, like very unique experience I think for us that's one word for it um, yep. yeah and to and to think really about what the impacts were and what we might want to advocate for as a community um, so in terms of where the concept came from 
Friends of the Earth is actually part of an international federation. So there are 75 Friends of the Earth groups around the world. And we have a new group in, in India. We have a new Friends of the Earth India group that's come into the federation recently. And they're an incredible coalition of social movements across India. And uh, as we can remember, India had some really, really catastrophic impacts of the pandemic. We can remember when that um, Delta variant emerged and it was really sweeping across India and lots and lots of people lost their lives. Um, and lots of communities were really devastated by the response that the Indian government put in place. Um, you might be able to remember that um, Narendra Modi, the, the Prime Minister at the time, decided that the cities were too much of a health risk to keep people trap uh, to, to keep people in high density in the cities but in response to that he just sent everybody back to the villages and often people were working walking kilometers um, often barefoot back to the villages that they were from um, and uh, so there were lots and lots of I guess social and economic and, and health devastating health impacts over there um, and so a uh, few of the social movement groups that are involved in Friends of the Earth India decided that they needed to hold a people's commission into the impacts of the pandemic over there so that communities could uh, come and discuss what some of those devastating impacts were um, and so that they could advocate for the, the devastation that those communities experienced in the wake of that. So um, the, the inquiry there has had 13 hearings across India so far in lots of different communities in different states across India and also with very specific um, workers groups. So... Um, uh, one example is the the f street vendors there. So um, street vendors in India just were completely devastated by the pandemic because people weren't allowed on the streets in lockdowns and so on. And so uh, they had just basically no income. And um, being a street vendor, like maybe selling chai on the side of the road, for example, is a very low capital way for someone to start like a small business and be able to provide income for themselves and their families. Um, but uh, during the pandemic and since the pandemic, revenue from those for those street vendors has gone down 50 to 70%, which was one of the things that was discovered by the these pandemic hearings. And that's left a lot of those people in that strata of society in economic devastation. Um, in other instances, like kids didn't go to school for two years um, and didn't get any education at all if their families couldn't afford a smartphone. Um, and so that means that there's, you know, this big, big devastation of education in a generation, um, as well as the impacts, of course, of the, the wide-scale health and, health and uh, um, deaths that happened in the community and, and how that's completely changed a lot of the dynamics in communities and, and devastated families. Um, so they saw that that people's inquiry was a really, really important place for the community to come together and discuss those things. I think we don't often have an opportunity as a community to come together after there's been some kind of, you know, big big thing that's happened um, and to really um, do that work of, of sharing each other's experiences in order to build a political analysis and then figure out, you know, once we've just figured out what ha happened in our community, then be able to advocate for what we need in response. Um, and so, uh, yeah, our Indian colleagues were telling us about this. Um, you, you know, it sounded like such an incredible project. And even though we didn't experience the same, uh, nearly the same um, dynamics that they did in India and definitely not the same kind of death and, and the impact of death that they did there, we still felt that we did have a, we, in our own way, we had a very, a very, uh, 
catastrophic experience in Melbourne. And it's almost like I was, I keep saying it's almost like we got hidden in the head by a frying pan and just kept walking. Like we just, everyone was desperate to get out of the lockdowns um, and, you know, was sick of talking about COVID every minute of the day. It's completely understandable, but it also meant that we also, I guess, haven't been able to process that experience as a community. Yeah. Um, it's really amazing that, um, the folks in India conjured up this idea and have been so successful in their in their forums. Um, and I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think Victorians, uh, especially Melburnians, need a chance to process all of this stuff. And um, I guess you had the first pandemic hearing over the weekend. What was your sort of um, – we'll go further into it a bit later, but just want to um, draw it out, I guess, in terms of people's readiness to sort of – speak about things did you think did you feel like people um did did it seem like people were had been hanging hanging out for this chance to kind of talk about their their feelings around the pandemic yeah so we decided um we decided we were going to start with a pilot in melbourne so on the weekend we had our first pilot public hearing um and we decided to do it in darabin um which is you know quite a large local government area that takes in quite a few different demographics uh different migrant communities um and i guess experience some of those more northern suburbs kind of dynamics that we saw in the um in the pandemic and in, during the lockdowns. And, um, yeah, I think um, there's a lot of people who – a lot of what happened in the pandemic really still sits on their chest. Like they still find themselves talking about all – talking about their experience all the time because they did, um, I guess – it was a time when they uh, had different relationship collapses, emotional collapses, and, and a lot of angst that they really have held onto since then and haven't had a forum to be able to express it. Um, I think other people who um, who came along really felt like they had blocked it out until now, like they hadn't really... Um, they, they they had tried to push the experience away, but now that they had an opportunity to speak, they were really um, – it, it all kind of came to the surface, them seeing all of the impacts that it had on them and their lives. Um, it was a real it was a real mix. And I think, um, yeah, it's uh, – one of the – one of the important things I think is um, us – like it's a, it's a bit of a kind of psychological process for a community as well. I think some of us want to um, go into forget and denial. Some of us, uh, um, yeah, really need to, to express things. And I think coming together in a forum like this really helps for that collective processing of an experience that helps us all move on in a more connected way. Yeah. And I, as you know, I was there um, <laughs> and I joined one of the first circles and I think I really related to that experience of like, wow, I didn't, I didn't really realize how much I'd been holding on to this stuff and didn't even realize I needed that opportunity to go and talk. So I would highly recommend listeners to get along, even though it seems hard. It was, yeah, it was really good to have that opportunity. Um, what would you say have been sort of or what, what are the main goals of the hearings in terms of like obviously providing that platform for community to um, talk about everything they experience and I guess draw out some of that data? What what are sort of the goals? Um, yeah, yeah so I think it, I think it's on a couple of different levels. So on one level, it is about giving people an, an opportunity to be heard about um, their experience and the impacts that they felt were um, that yeah that they experienced. Um, I think another really important objective of it is to give us an opportunity to hear from each other about what happened during that time. So 
a lot of us might have processed the experience or talked about it a lot with our friends and our family and maybe our colleagues, um, but we haven't heard from other people in other parts of the community about what they experienced, what things were like for them. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, through the conversations we've had with other community groups who um, helped us pull together at the event, like um, talking to your community health in Darabin and, and about the... Uh, the, the rapid response and emergency response that they had to do um, and the experiences that they had when they were doing home visits to people in rooming houses, um, people who didn't have a television and didn't use the internet. Like I can't even imagine what that experience was um, having so little contact actually with the communications that were coming from the government. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes a knock on the door would be the first time that they'd heard about a big policy change that had come through and it was kind of put on those community groups to go and do that kind of outreach where the government wasn't and um, for someone who was glued to those press conferences every day I can't imagine how confusing and isolating that would have been um, especially for, for people who um, you know English is a is a second or third or fourth language um, and who don't necessarily have the family and friends who were keeping them connected so I think there's there's a whole there's a whole range of experiences that happened you know maybe next door to us in our community that we aren't really aware of and that are a really big part of the picture and should be a big part of um, our own development of our politics and understanding of what happened during that time and therefore what we need to advocate for in future. So we really we want to give people an opportunity to understand each other's experiences. Um, I think another objective is really, um, I mean, the, the pandemic and the pandemic response was very polarising for our communities. We know that, you know, there were um, lots of people who were very anxious about catching, catching the virus and who were very uh, supportive of the lockdown. Lockdowns. We also had a, 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 um, a loud group of people who were very uh, um, angry about the lockdowns and, and viciously opposed them, and lots of people in the in the spectrum in between. Um, and that it was a really strong point of polarisation, of political isolation, of, of po- political recalibration of people's alliances and that kind of thing. Um, that did you know, break apart friendships and relationships and families and, and change, um, yeah, like really polarise people. So I think another objective is to really get that conversation to happen again between people in a uh, respectful way. And um, I think we really saw that on the weekend. In a couple of groups, we had people who had very, very different opinions about lockdowns and vaccines, which are probably two of the most polarising issues coming out of the pandemic. Um, And uh, it was really... um, I, I think it was really affirming to be able to see those conversations happen in an authentic and respectful way. Um, the way that we tried to set up the um, the sessions was to say to people, we're not here to change anyone's mind. You're not here to change the mind of someone else in the group. We are here to hear what you have to say. And I think even being able to hear what people have to say to, to really dig to the um, emotional core of why they came to that decision. Usually it was you know fear, frustration, anger on either side. Um, I think that really helped to at least try and build some understanding to diffuse the um, the anger at each other that we feel when we have such different opinions about things that we hold so close to us. Um, so I think those those are those are kind of in the room the 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 things that we want to get out. And I think from there it is really about having a process where the community can do that and then figure out what they want to do together. So we're going to bring people together for a synthesising event on November 30th where we get to kind of look at what we've seen and figure out if there's anything that we want to advocate for as a community in the wake of that. Um, So, 
yeah, we kind of it's a it's a it's a quite a deep process and lots of levels that we do want to you know result in political action of some kind. Um, also, sitting on that is the big question of what do we want the government to do, and and also how do we want the community to respond if something like this happens again? What's the what's the role of the community in this? What's the role of mutual aid? What's the role in how we look after each other? What's the role of government? Um, I think these are all very, very big questions that we have coming out of um, out of the pandemic, and um, they're questions that also transfer over to other potentially catastrophic events that could happen into our in our communities. So, this time it was a pandemic. Maybe next time it'll be a climate event of some kind, um, or you know that yeah, it could be another pandemic. <laughs> yeah, who knows? So. Um, uh, yeah, I think we want to create a model that we can then use when there's other catastrophic events like this in our community to be able to come together to process, to figure out how we want to build something better out of it that looks after each other. Um, and that's really what we want to experiment with here is, is yeah, a model for that. Yeah, well, I mean, that sounds like a brilliant idea and very much needed, you know, based off the response that um, we all saw, the sort of fragmented the fragmentation of responses within our country and across the globe really um, was really challenging. So this sounds like something um, that's going to be a really useful resource for future events, whatever they may be. Um, I'm just going to go to a couple of community service announcements and then we'll be back to uh, continue our interview with Chloe. Thank you. Common Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital campaigning, diversity and inclusion and much, much more. It's free to access the library, so check out the collection at www.commonslibrary.org. Common Social Change Library is a 3CR supporter. Three CR is about community, and we welcome your participation at the station. Three CR is open to a wide diversity of volunteers, and is a great way to connect with Melbourne's activist community. Have you ever thought about volunteering, doing a reception shift, getting a program on air, training in radio skills, or contributing to one of the station's committees? There are many ways to be involved at Three CR. To find out more, go to three cr.org.au and get in touch. Welcome back. You're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR 855 AM with Elise Cunningham and Chloe Aldenhoven from Friends of the Earth Melbourne talking about the people's inquiry into the impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I just want to go back a bit and talk a little bit more about the hearings that have happened in India and what some of the findings have been. And So first of all, what are some of the findings that you're aware of from the forums in India. And I guess my second question on that is, will there be a chance to, I guess, once once the forums in Victoria are done or, you know, however many happen, will there be a process of, I guess, like comparing that data and comparing those experiences? Because, yeah, we touched on before how they were vastly 
different with, you know, Modi sending people into the rainforest, whereas here you had people opting for that, you know, tree change or sea change. And, um, yeah, I guess that kind of stuck out to me when you said that. And, um, yeah, I guess I'm wondering Mm. how that, how those reports will be compared. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question. And they, um, there have also been similar, um, uh, people's inquiries and also government inquiries that have been kind of community experience led, um, all around the world. We looked a lot at uh, one in the, in Scotland and the UK as well that was a, an interesting example for us to look out of how an inquiry like this could be run. So I think it would be, yeah, there's definitely opportunities for that kind of comparative, um, com- yeah, comparative research that we could do coming out of it as well. Um, yeah, I think the the so far um, with the 13 hearings in India, the three main themes that they've seen emerging are death, I think that obviously there was mass death and that's had a really big impact on on communities and um, and on people. Um, distress, um, I think there's yeah just a lot a lot of economic change, a lot of unemployment, um, a lot of uh, increased policing. There's there's lot, lots of uh, distress. I think was one of the main themes that they heard um, that they heard from people, and also ongoing distress, like that had been a catalyst for distress that has been ongoing in the three and a half years, even since the lockdowns have finished. Um, and the third one was debt. And I think this is a, another really interesting comparative point because we definitely heard on the weekend that one of the things that people saw as positive that came out of our experience in the pandemic was that suddenly it was all possible for governments to mobilise to solve big social problems that before were, were too hard to solve. So people, uh, you know, we saw the um, the doubling of, of job seeker payments. We saw um, JobKeeper came, come in and, and a whole stave off a lot of unemployment that could have taken place as, as a result of the lockdowns. Um, we saw, so, you know, suddenly there was the ability to, to house all of the unhoused people in Melbourne. Um, and um, I think that government response was something that held together in our community in a way that, that didn't happen in somewhere like India. Um, and one of the one of the outcomes that I was reading about was the um, when, when people's, so for example, the handloom workers in India couldn't import the um, a lot of the fabrics from other sides of India that they need to be able to make fabrics, um, and so they were suddenly unemployed. Um, and because there was no government assistance for them, they then had to borrow money from money lenders. Um, and so there was a lot of community debt um, and a lot of implications of that really unregulated uh, lending and community debt that those communities were experiencing that was then bringing in a lot of distress. So, yeah, death, distress and debt became the key themes that came out of that inquiry and I think it would be really interesting to compare. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know you touched on a bit before, but um, what what were the sort of couple of main – if you if you could choose like two or three words that were the main – um, themes of the pandemic hearing that happened on the weekend. What what would they be? Um, yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I, we we still need to crunch the data. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't there in all of the circles. Um, but definitely, what I was hearing was um, a lot about uh, re- a lot of relationship breakdown, mm-hmm. um, a lot of isolation and impacts of those long term impacts of that isolation, like. Um, 
people's social skills diminishing and, and social confidence and confidence just getting out in the world again in general, like kind of getting into a bit of a lull through the lockdown period and then not having the confidence to re-enter the world. Um, I think, yeah, from business people, there was there was various economic um, issues. Um, I think uh, control like that sense of a loss of control over your life and and that being a real driver for people's uh, anger about lockdowns. Um, And um, I think a lot of uh, held on to fear about, um, yeah, about lots of different things. But yeah, definitely people who were worried about the health consequences and the ongoing fear Mm. Um, and suspicion of other people in the community as a result of that. Like the idea that when you were walking down the street and if you were, um, you know, very uh, pro-mask and someone was not wearing a mask, like the, the, uh, I guess, animosity and suspicion and fear and so on within the community that that created was something that was also coming up. Yeah. Wow. And now that you say that, I fully remember feeling that at the time but I guess that was one of those things that yeah we we forget (laughs) yeah we just put that one out of the memory Mm. um so with the we've got a few minutes left and before we go to a song and then we're out of here so um let's talk about future pandemic hearings um I'm not sure if we have any you know fully locked in at the moment but what are some of the ideas where are we thinking and also how can listeners um, get involved if they want to help volunteer to mm. you know work on future pandemics or if they just want to come along what's yeah how can people get yeah it? so at the, we have a, a website um, called peoplespandemicinquiry.au peoplespandemicinquiry.au and um, if you head to that website we have um, a tab on there where you can send us your stories online if you won't be able to if you weren't able to come into the Darabin hearing in person um, so we're collecting data online as well through that through that um, we do want to hold other hearings, but we need um, because we're a vol- basically a volunteer collective. We do need other uh, communities and community groups to support us in, in holding other hearings. So I think we have some interest in some, for some people in holding one in Frankston. Um, I think really, really, we want to be able to get a geographic diversity in Melbourne because I think a lot of the experiences were very different um, geographically. We also want to be able to go into groups and talk to them um, like, uh, yeah, different different community groups, different workers groups and so on so that we can get their experiences. Um, I think there's lots of ways that this project could build, uh, but we do, uh, yeah, we cur- currently need um, community partners to be able to take that work forward. So I do really encourage people to go to the website, um, send us your stories online or hit the collaborate button that we have there, um, which is a way for you to either uh, give us your details so you can volunteer in the collective or if you are from a union or a community group, group or um, something like that um, and want to um, work with us to hold a hearing, um, that'd be fantastic. And I just wanted to say that we did hold this hearing in partnership with SES Heidelberg Unit um, and with the um, Creative Arts Therapy Australia and we also had the Safe Preston Market crew um, there as well. So um, yeah, there's uh, it is also an opportunity for community collaboration and that's what's going to make us stronger in future events like this as well. Awesome. And yeah, with the art therapy group, they had an art table at the back so people could like express their feelings through art as well, which was just really awesome. It was just an awesome event and I'm really looking forward to future ones. Um, Thank you so much to our brilliant guest, Chloe Aldenhoven from Friends of the Earth Melbourne. Um, If you want any more information about the 
people's inquiry into the impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic public hearings. Um, there'll be more information in the show notes of our Dirt Radio podcast on 3CR. And as Chloe said, you can go to the website, which I'll also put in the show notes. And I'll leave you with a song we'll put on People Have the Power by Patti Smith. And then up, up next is Billabong Beats. So stick around. Thank you so much.